Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sugar Shack with your host, Suge White. First, I'd like to plug our sponsors, the world-famous flea market. Every Tuesday at noon, watch a new world-famous flea market, the best and the worst in professional wrestling, with outstanding commentary by Hot Johnny August and Ross I'm Drunk Vegas. Every Tuesday at noon, a new episode. Don't miss it. The best in the worst of professional wrestling. Let me tell you something, folks. You couldn't watch this shit if it wasn't for the commentary. All right. Welcome, welcome. I'm uh, up a little early this morning. Um, Did a lot of sleeping from how ill I was, so I think that might be a factor on uh, why I'm up so early this morning. Um, this morning I want to talk about a little something that, uh, has to do with me. Um, so growing up, I was a preacher's son and, uh, of parents who were both preacher's kids. So yes, that made my grandfather on my mother's side, a pastor made my father his father was a pastor. So both my grandfathers were pastors and my father was a pastor. So I grew up in the church. Now, this is by no means a religious podcast or religious topic podcast. If you grew up in the church, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. If you didn't, this should be kind of humorous. First and foremost, here at the Sugar Shack, I just want you to know that all God's creations are welcome at the Sugar Shack or whatever higher spiritual power being whatnot you look to, seek to. It's all good. As long as you're seeking out some something spiritual, that's what matters. In my case... I grew up in the church, and uh, I'll tell you, it's a crazy life, and if you grew up in the church, then you know exactly what I'm talking about, but uh, you, know what the, you know what that means by growing up in the church, don't you? I mean, if you don't, well, let me enlighten you. Sundays. Sunday morning, you have Bible study, usually around 10 o'clock. They have classes. From when you're born to when you're about ready to step foot in the grave. I'm not trying to be morbid, but that's the truth. All the way from singles to couples to college to youth to middle school to whatnot. They got it. You're in there for about an hour. And after that, it is church service. And that's where my father came into play. So... Ladies and gentlemen, think about listening to your dad six days a week and then on seventh day coming into church and listening to your father. <laughs> so, uh, my father was very, very good at what he did. He's retired now. Um, still works with different churches, um, mainly his his home church. But uh, my dad actually went to Golden Gate Baptist Theological Seminary where he got his doctorate in theological seminary. So... Um, he's very good at what he did, but, uh, 
being your father, it's kind of hard to stay awake sometimes, not going to lie to you. So for me, church, I mean, was like NyQuil. I mean, if you have a tough time getting your kid to sleep and a lot of people like to drive them around, that does it. Well, just take me to church where my dad's preaching and I'm out. Like I said, not a knock on him or what he does or how he does it because he's, he's great at it. I mean, anybody that can hold a congregation of over 500, 600, 700 people and keep them happy for over 30-something years and be at their beck and call at 2 in the morning when a loved one has passed or when a, a spouse has left or whatever you may be. Um, I've watched him get up in the middle of the night to go down to the church because the phone rang and our alarm was tripped by some birds flying around or whatnot. I've seen him get up in the morning to, you know, go to the hospital at three in the morning. I've seen him do his mom's eulogy where he didn't crack, which was amazing. I know he probably wanted to, but, um, that Sunday morning. Okay. Then you go back a Sunday night for night church, same thing all over again. Now, whether you be young or old, young or older, um, either at Tuesday, we had Royal Ambassadors. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but when I was younger, that was like, uh, it's called RAs. It's kind of like a Cub Scouts for church. Um, that was Tuesday nights. Wednesday is Bible study. And then as you got older, either Thursday or Friday was youth group. And then Sunday you did it all over again. So it was a ordeal. I mean, you went to church. Now, now if you're to throw in a potluck, do you people know what potlucks are? I'm sure you all do. It's like, um, obviously potluck eating hometown buffet would be a sort of potluck if you will. But, um, we had potlucks and, uh, well, I'll tell you what, I don't think there was enough pot for me to smoke that made me want to touch some of that food that came through there. I'll tell you what. And I don't know what the luck was. I guess, uh, maybe the luck had to be, uh, I don't know. That the luck might have been there that you got in line before the food that wasn't bought was all gone. Because let me tell you something. It ain't luck if you maybe maybe the luck was you're lucky if you eat a dish and they actually wash their hands. So you have no clue where the stuff's coming from. That's basically what I'm getting at. Um, and let me tell you, what was up with that bean dip that smelled like cigarette smoke? I mean, some of that shit, you know. And then there was this, always this one group, one family, I, I should add, that always showed up just on the potluck Sunday. And this was a skill, if any, because at my church, we only had it about once every three to four months. We only had a potluck. We didn't have one every Sunday. I know the set in the South, some have them every other or every, some of them have every, but these folks came with a dish in hand 
and it was every three months, not on the dot. They mixed it up. So it wasn't like every third Sunday of the third month. Okay. But these people showed up and, uh, well, definitely with the same dish. And let me tell you something. When they left, they took the same dish because no one, no one dared eat it. I'm not trying to speak bad. I'm just speaking truth. I mean, you don't, you don't know where they've been. You don't know who they are. I mean, yeah, you, you, when you were in the potluck and you're standing in line and there wasn't any more KFC or whatnot, church's chicken or what it may be, whatever it may be. But when that's gone, now you're looking around for grandma's dish or your mom's dish or your aunt's dish, you know. But after that, man, you got to stick to stuff like bread and stuff that's not prepared. Um, and devil legs were always a hard one because, gosh, they look so tempting. But are you kidding me? You don't know where it was prepared. You don't know who prepared it. And you don't know if they washed their hands. It just drives me nuts. Um, but uh, it was always always a fun time. There were potluck where everybody was getting together, eating slop that uh, you don't know who made. And I, and I was really surprised there's not more like salmonella outbreaks or some kind of virus outbreaks from these potlucks, but seemed to be all right. Couldn't wait for the watered-down Kool-Aid. Tell you what. But uh, also in church, there was deacons. Like, who were these guys? Like, how'd they get picked? You ever thought of that? Like, was it, was it they got picked on? It's because they could make that look. You know that look. That look they give you when you're looking at you going, hmm. You're only going to put a dollar in the offering plate? Only a dollar? That nice guilt look without saying a word? Or perhaps it was you got picked to be a deacon if you had those baby blue polyester pants with a darker blue polyester jacket. That was always a good one. But, uh, you know, growing up in the church was kind of hard because a lot of times... I heard from different people. Whatever you do reflects on your father. Okay, listen up. This is where I had a big problem with this, telling a little kid this, because uh, first of all, being a kid who looked like his father heard. And when you're a kid, you don't get it. You know, you know, you look just like your dad. Well, okay, great. But I'm not. And so you did your best to separate yourself for some reason I did it's not like I was embarrassed of my father loved my father was proud of what he did but it wasn't me and I didn't want what I did to reflect because I knew on an early age unlike my parents who fully chose chose to go to church I felt like I was a little bit forced Um, unfortunately I'm glad because it maybe the person I am today, but I can tell you, I felt like at 18 years old, I did my time and I was out on parole. <laughs> that sounds terrible, but I'm giving it to you real. Um, but that was a harsh one. And I remember early on, one of the things that affected me the most, and I, and I was in, I had to be first grade or second grade. I'm telling you right now, because I was in Dallas, Oregon and my dad has, wasn't a pastor yet. He was a youth pastor. My grandfather was the pastor of first Baptist church in Dallas, Oregon. 
But um, one of the teachers at my elementary school was a um, uh, member. And I don't know if she had it out with my grandfather or my grandmother or what, but she saw an opportunity one time at school that stuck with me and shaped me for as long as I can remember. Still today. Still. I even know this lady's name. I don't know. I don't know hardly anybody in my, I mean, from this church. Besides my parents, my grandparents. That's it. Except for this lady's name. Betsy Klon. Okay. And the reason why was she saw something and man, she ran with it. Now, I was at this point in a sheltered life, okay? I didn't know cuss words. I hadn't, I mean, I knew a couple that I'd heard, but I didn't know what the word fuck was. And I definitely didn't know what flipping somebody off meant at all. Give okay, someone the bird, had no idea. But I was sitting on the bus waiting for the bus to move. Obviously, as a kid does, sitting looking at the other kids that are on the bus out the window. This one kid flipped me off. Well, I did know that I wasn't supposed to do it. I didn't know exactly what it meant. So the kid sitting next to me goes, he flipped you off, why don't you flip him off back? And I was like, I don't know. So the kid commenced to flip the other kid off, which obviously makes the kid do it again. At this time, I'm wondering, what is this middle finger that's causing so much commotion as I decide to do it myself? Guess who's staring right at me from the outside of the bus? That's right, churchgoer Betsy Klon, who then takes me off the bus, if I remember correctly, and starts to get me in trouble at the school for one and two sits there glaring at me telling me how disappointed and how ashamed she is that a pastor's grandkid would do that in public are you kidding me listen folks when you reprimand kids especially the ones that aren't your own make sure you're doing it in a way that's not scarring them Because let me tell you something, that stuck with me forever, thinking that I was a bad kid from day one. That I was a lost cause from day one. That's how that lady made me feel. A lost cause. I'm pretty sure she's probably not on this living earth right now. But I can tell you right now, if I saw her again, I'd have some choice words for her. Because to think, I mean, not even give me the benefit of the doubt of the fact that I was a kid a little kid that might not know what's going on or might not know what the heck. All right. But no benefit of the doubt. I believe I got my parents called and my grandparents called. They knew about it. I remember my grandfather not really giving a shit (laughs) and kind of playing it off. And I remember my parents kind of being more upset at her because, you know, I mean, of course they, they sat me down and asked me what, you know, do I know what that is? And, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'll tell you what, that, that, uh, that was a, a weird time in my life. And, um, I, I heard more of the, 
whatever you do reflects on your father. I mean, first time I ever tried to smoke a cigarette was in high school. They had a smoking section for all the cool kids. I went out there. Now, who would think that somebody in your youth group would just be passing by and not smoking? Yeah, you know it. Someone in mine. So I think before I even got home, my mom was happy about that one. So I felt like I was under a microscope. Not going to lie to you. So it might have to do with a little bit of how I turned out. (laughs) Fully tattooed, rebellious. Um, trying to make my own way, which who knows? And believe it or not, I kid you not. I mean, I hate to say it this way, but you never know what would it become if a couple things might not have been said or done or been done or handled differently. Um, you never know how what a kid's thinking, you know, because I didn't voice my opinion at that point in time. I was scared shitless, but, uh, that was a uh, one thing, um, you know, so, uh, P's and Q's kind of, even though by the time I gotten into junior high and high school, man, I met up with a kid and, and, uh, my dad's church and we were me and my brother and him and another kid named Dan were just a living nightmare, <laughs> a good way, you know, not to the point where we were, uh, burning down the walls and preaching about Satan or anything, you know, but, uh, as disruptive as you could be without getting in too much trouble, <laughs> making everybody else's job a little bit harder. But, uh, yeah, one of them was a deacon son. One was a pa- two were pastor sons and one was a youth pastor son. So imagine that all four of us getting into trouble. But, um, yeah, that was a interesting time. Um, you know, for the most part, though, I watched my dad climb his way from a, a pizza parlor that he started his first church in, which, you know, me as a kid fell asleep on the way from Dallas, Oregon to Corvallis, Oregon, which wasn't a very long trip, but I was a kid. And when I woke up, we were at Papa's Pizza. So could you imagine? I was like, yeah, all right, I'm hungry. My mom was like, we're here. Well, I know we're here. Let's get a large pepperoni. What else you want? Can we get soda? You know, my mom's like, no, this is where our church is going to be. I was like, what? You know, I was kind of confused, but I don't know how long that lasted, maybe a year or two. And then he just, that church moved up until it was in a basically building. And then he went on to another church in Eugene and continued there for 30 some odd years. But I just watched him work his way up. But each time through church after church, I went through a different set of interesting characters, I can tell you. And for the most part, you've got a group of people that go there for purity, for the rest of the week, for the good feeling they get about being around others that practice and believe in the same thing they do. But about 60% go there for a sewing circle. And if you don't believe that they're talking shit... You're full of it. So the I, they must have been lost on the uh, uh, thou shalt not judge or judge first, yet ye be judge yourself or something like that. I never can say those things right, but I know the, for a fact that we shouldn't be judging anybody, yet that's constantly what's happening. Little 
snicker, 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 and rumors. I'll tell you what, my dad ended up getting pushed out of his job because one of the deacons and his wife went into business for themselves with these, let's just for the, let's just say, I'll just go with the first thing they went through that didn't work, which was these air purifiers that smelled like they're polluting the place instead of actually taking um, whatever they're supposed to be taking out of the air. I tell you, anytime someone tells you, oh, it's supposed to smell like that for a while before it really purifies the air. It's full of shit. They're just trying to sell you something. But my dad let them know pleasantly that it'd be a conflict of interest if he went into business with them. Other people in the church might feel like it's favoritism or, you know, trying to make, you know, they're making money off of each other and he didn't want to go that route. And slowly but surely that chicken shit went behind his back and started the whispers. I think it's time for us to have new blood in here. Don't you think it's getting stale? Till finally, they got enough votes to vote him out. Um, my dad took it like a champ. My mom took it harder. She felt betrayed, and I understand that completely. You give 30-some-odd years to a church, and you think you're doing the right thing, and here they are conspiring behind your back. Funny thing about it was when they asked, told him, you know, that they were going to move in a different direction and he decided to retire, they kept him on for two years because they couldn't find anybody. And then finally, I believe he said, y'all have to find somebody. Oh, so they were just going to do that. Just keep him there, which didn't make any sense. So that was a weird thing. You know, it says in the Bible, if I remember correctly, that we're one or more gathered together. They are worshiping. And I think um, probably needs to get back to that where it's smaller groups where once you get a bunch of people, no matter what congregation, if you want to call it. Sorry. That was thunder and lightning. We don't get that much, and so very cool. Um, yeah, once you get a congregation together, it it can just like anything else. It, whispers start to turn, and and when stuff starts to move in one direction, it's hard to stop. And so, um, you know, organized religion has to really take a step back and, and if you're going to church are you doing it for the right reasons you know I'd, 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 I'd ask yourself um, because it really turned me off from church I also had a youth pastor that was shady and I'm thinking to myself these are people that are supposed to be doing God's work and helping others and yet you got some that are stealing and some are just you know, it's just it's weird um but I know under my dad's watch, he did everything he could by the book. And so did my mom. And, um, you know, one of the things that my mom used to hate when, you know, obviously you get your pastor's wife. She had a lot of hats. She ran the computer science department at the University of Oregon. She was the pianist and the music director. Okay. And um, so... And a mother. So when 
the mother kicks in and she tells me, well, Jason, when I was younger, you shouldn't be hanging around people like that. And I'd say, well, mom, would you tell Jesus Christ himself that when he was hanging out with hookers and thieves? He was trying to make their life better. She didn't like to hear that. Because the mom's side obviously doesn't want to hear that. They want to protect you. But uh, got to be very careful. It's a fine line. Um, you know, whatever it is you may believe, I believe that a lot of it has to do with it making you a better person here while you're here. You know, being a good neighbor. Um, thou shalt not steal. I mean, it's just a, a good guideline. And so whatever it may be that you follow or that you you draw strength from as long as that's doing it in a positive light and keeping you a step in the right direction that's all that matters because truly we do not know what happens when we close our eyes and we take no no breaths any longer but I can safely say this when my grandfather passed away he devoted his whole life to God's work. And I can tell you this right now. When he passed away, my father, before he passed away, he was going in and out, in and out. And um, I remember one of the last times I saw him, he was pretty weak, but he had a huge smile on his face. And he looked at my dad and said, I have seen heaven and it is glorious. Now I can tell you this right now, whether or not there's a heaven or hell or whatever it may be, I know that man saw heaven. So hopefully he is wherever he saw and that is heaven. Hopefully we all reach our heaven, whatever it may be. Some believe it's a moment in time or that you get you get lost in that that might have been your favorite thing or like some would say for me, heaven would be if I got to wrestle Madison Square Garden every day of my life. Or some might say they got to play Madison Square Garden rock and roll every day of their life. Whatever it may be, it keeps us going. I came to you on a Sunday talking a little bit about my experiences it's not it wasn't all bad um at all um not easy but nothing in life is is it i had two others that went through it before me that seemed to kind of write the book on it. it wasn't so easy with me my book came in braille so sometimes i felt like i was lost but um i had two great parents that loved me and and cared for me and uh, for that I'm eternally grateful same with my grandparents I've had a, a great upbringing great childhood and I couldn't have asked for it any other way I'd be a very selfish human being if I did but um, that's just a little take from my life as Suge White I hope you have a blessed Sunday I hope wherever you're at is a place of contentment, contentment,
contentment? I don't know if that's a word, but we'll make it up. That you're content, you're happy, you're healthy. Thanks for joining. This is the Sugar Shack with your host, Sugar White. Till next time, folks.